0: look at verse 16 in the amplified version this morning, and I believe that the Lord's going to help us go a, a great direction today. How many of you know that the favor of God is for a whole lifetime? His favor is for a lifetime. The Bible says that His grace and His favor surrounds us just like a shield surrounds us. You know, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they didn't go empty-handed. And the reason why they didn't go empty-handed, and they were loaded with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribes, is because God favored them. And so what the favor of God does in our lives, it gives us an advantage for success. But not only will the favor give you an advantage for success... But favor will be with you right in a difficult time in your life. Amen? I like what the psalmist said. He says, I know, by this I know, that my enemy does not triumph over me. You know, the enemy wants to triumph over you. But the psalmist said, by this I know, that my enemy will not triumph over me because you favor me. Because he favors us. That's how we know. You know, you can't get things in your own strength in this day and this hour. You can't take possession of homes and take possession of a debt-free life without the favor of God in your life. Amen? We didn't get this building by our own ingenuity or by our own hand. No, it was by the favor of God that we got this place. You won't get promotions because you're so smart. You'll get promotions because God's so good. Because he favors you and because his hand is upon you for good and not bad. Amen? Amen. So his favor then, it's for a whole lifetime. And you know, we can grow in grace. We can grow in favor. I believe we can have more favor tomorrow than we did today. We need to expect the favor of God to show up everything and everywhere we go. Say with me, "I I got favor. God, man. Now, of course, one of the way you, ways that you tap into the favor of God is through your faith. Amen? We access this grace, this divine favor through our faith. Amen? See, favor can be all around you, just like electricity is all around you. But how many of you know someone had to turn the lights on when they came in here this morning? Okay? So what your faith does, it turns the favor on in your life. Declare, I have the favor of God with me right now. I have, I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have favor with man. Amen. Amen. And so uh, you tap into this favor with your faith. And then uh, you can grow in grace. You can grow in favor. Second Peter 3.18 says you grow in grace. You can grow in favor. That means the favor of God can increase in your life. It did in Jesus' life. He increased in stature and wisdom. And he also increased with favor with God and man. Okay, so if Jesus can increase in favor, you can increase in favor. Amen. Now, I wonder what we'd do if we had 30% more favor in our life tomorrow than we did today. With greater favor in our lives, it would take us through some difficult situations. Hallelujah. Things that you haven't been able to do, you'll be able to do because God's favor is on you. Amen. See, God pours his favor upon favors upon His people, because you're favorites of Him. John 1:16, this is our text. Let's look at that. John 1:16 says, "For out of his fullness, abundance we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, now notice, and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon." gift let's keep that up there for a moment so what this says to me there's layers of it amen if it's favor upon favor blessing upon blessing that means that god just wants to keep stacking it on your life he just wants to keep pouring it on your life now go over to acts chapter 4 verse 33 acts 4 verse 33 now in the local church i believe this that god's favor is on all of us In Acts 4.33, if you read that with me, notice that. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And what was upon them all? What was upon them all? Great grace grace or great favor was what? Up on them all. So there was something on them bigger than them. It was on all of them. It was on them from the least to the greatest. I prophesy to you today that great favor, great grace is upon every one of us. Say that with me. Great favor and great grace is up on my life. Hallelujah. But did you know not only is his favor up on us, but his favor is also in us? And this grace and this favor is in us for a distinct purpose. And that's what I want to talk to you about just a little while today. Let me say this out of my heart. As we receive communion, I want to remind you that it is very important that we discern the Lord's body when we receive communion. His body was broken for us. Amen? And, also, His healing was bought and paid for us. We need to discern that. We need to see that. Secondly, in discerning the Lord's body, we're to walk in love toward our other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. But now, thirdly, in discerning the Lord's body, we are to discern our place of grace and favor in His body. Amen? In other words... We are to come to a place of understanding that every one of us have a place of grace, if you will, in the body of Christ to fulfill a purpose for the Lord in the earth today. Now, whether you realize that or not, it is true. And then it becomes very important that we not decide what it is that God's called us to do, but we discover what it is that he's called us to do. There's a big, big difference between, well, deciding I'm going to do this or discovering this is what I'm called to do. Amen? Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice with me in verse 12 and 13. And say this on your way over there. I'm discerning my place in his body. First Corinthians chapter 12, 12, For as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have been all made to drink into what? One Spirit. So we see here that he compares the body of Christ to the human body, correct? Now look at verse 17 and verse 18. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? That would be an odd-looking body if it was one big eye. If the whole were an ear, where would the smelling be? Well, it wouldn't be good. Verse 18. But now has God sent the members, every one of them, in the body, as it has pleased Him. And so it gives Him great pleasure... To establish you a place of grace and favor in his body to fulfill a role in this day and in this hour. Amen. Amen. You know, if you're an ear in the body of Christ, you'll never make a decent nose. You know, you can take smelling classes. You can put on nose makeup. But if you're an ear, you'll never be a decent nose. If you're a finger, you'll never be a decent toe. You can join toe clubs, but you'll never be a toe. You can dress up like a toe. You can take classes on how to be a toe. You can get a degree on toology, but you'll still be a finger. So what we need to do then is we need to glory... In being a finger. And stop trying to be a toe. Glory in being an ear. And stop trying to be a nose. Get nosy sometimes if you're a nose. (laughs) It's okay to admire other toes. Amen. But you need to rejoice in God's choice. Rejoice in God's choice. There's a place for all of us to find, to fulfill, and to finish. Amen. So, don't try to frustrate yourself or don't frustrate yourself trying to be something and do something that does not fit you. Discover your graces. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. And notice with me in verses 4 through 7. There is supernatural grace in your life to be a part of the body of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter, what did I say? 4. Okay, verses 4 through 7. Now you all read with me today. We're like a class this morning, right? Ready, read. There is one body and one spirit even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. Now I want you to stop right there. Unto who? Everyone. Unto some of us? Unto those that have been to Bible school. Unto those who make over $20,000 a year. No. Unto every one of us. Is grace given. So grace is something that is a gift. Right? God has put in you at birth. Grace gifts. Every one of us is given grace. And it is according. Now notice. To the measure of who? It is according to the measure of Christ. Not the measure of your mama. Mom didn't give you that grace. Jesus gave you that grace. The Amplified says each one of us individually. Individually. Each one of us individually. Now, you may have not done much with the grace that God's given you. I think it's, it's tragic uh, that people, once they know what God has put in them, that they don't do anything with it. I think it's tragic. And you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think one of the major reasons is there's just so many stinking distractions in the day and age which we live. I think that there's just too much out there to do and too much out there to distract us from what are the most important things that God has called us to do. I really do. And I, I, I believe this. I've seen this for, for a number of years That distractions can entangle you. And that hobbies and things that take away from the main things that God has instructed you to do or graced you to do. That hobbies can take up way too much time. Now I like to have a hobby. How about you? I like to have things to do. And I think it's fine, and I think it's good. But I also know that you can go to the excess with it. When those things start taking over into God's place in your life, that's when it enters into the danger zone. Amen? You know, you you can just go so fast and so hard... All week long. That you've got nothing left. You've got no energy left. You've got no time left. And the favorite saying among Christians is, I'm just so busy. Yes, I'm busy. How you been doing lately? Let's get together. I'm just busy. I'm too busy. Well, that's okay. And that's good. But maybe what we ought to do from time to time is look at our priorities. And ask ourselves, why am I so busy? Are there things in my life that I could cut off? You know, good things. Purely legitimate things. Are there things that I could set aside and make room for God? Selah. You know, it's, it's not really a question of whether or not we're going to be busy or not. We're going to be busy. But you can decide what you're busy about. Amen? Well, that always goes over real big. All right. So now, that's, we're not here to condemn anybody. You understand? Don't misunderstand me. We're here to exhort you. To build you up. And to edify you. And get you to see that there's, there's something much greater in life than 9 to 5. There's some, something much greater in life than soccer practice. Amen? You know, sometimes people, they go for a number of years and they don't do anything to develop or cultivate their gifts and then they start feeling guilty. Well, that's not God's will. You've got to know this, my brothers and sisters, that in the plan of God and in the will of God, it never, ever pays you any dividend whatsoever looking back. You've got to move forward. And I like Philippians 1, 6, where it says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Say it with me. He who has begun, he who has begun a, good work in me, a good work in me, he will complete it. He will, it. He will perform it, he will perform it. Until, that day. until that day. All right, look over at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. So we're talking about making a decision to operate in those things that God has placed in your life. Well, somebody says, well, I don't know. Well, you, you need to pray about it. You need to take a look at it and ask yourself, what in the world has God called me to do? Amen. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, notice this with me. He says, for this reason, because I preach that you are thus built up together. Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake, on behalf of you Gentiles, verse 2, Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship, everyone say the stewardship. That's the cultivation, that's the development of God's grace or God's favor, His unmerited favor. Now, notice that was entrusted to me to dispense to you for your benefit. These gifts of grace are not for your benefit, they're for others' people's benefits. Notice, let's break this down. This stewardship of the favor of God, of the grace of God, has been entrusted to me to dispense to you for your benefit. I love that word dispense. How many of you remember those little Pez dispensers? You would press that little button and that candy would come out, right? Now, I was always bummed out when the candy ran out. I was always bummed out when there was nothing left to dispense. But when you cultivate and you steward the grace of God, there'll always be more than enough for you to dispense. And it will bless people around you. But you know what? It will also bless you. It'll bring blessing into your life and into your family. Now, Let's ask ourselves a couple of questions. Because sometimes people, you know, they they get stuck at what God's called them to do. Well, let's ask ourselves this. When we're looking at what God has called us to do, we should ask ourselves questions like, What is it that ignites my passion? What is it that ignites my passion? Here's another one. What comes easy for you? What are you good at? What, we could say it this way, what naturally flows out of you? I believe what naturally flows out of you is because of the supernatural grace of God in your life. The other question you could ask yourself is, where do you produce good results? The next thing you need to look at is look on the inside of you and say, what is the witness of the Holy Spirit in my life concerning this? Another one is, what do mature Christians see in you? What comes easy for you? What what naturally flows out of you? What are those things that God has placed in you? hallelujah look at 2nd Corinthians chapter uh, 3 and verse 7 Ephesians 3 7 says whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace upon of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power he's conscious and I'm sorry I messed up there I give myself a pass to mess up every now and then. I'm in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7. Let's look back there. I'm conscious of the greater one living in me. How about you? Are you conscious of what God has placed in your heart to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know and people are real quick to point fingers at pastors and ministers and associates and people on staff and point their finger and say you know what you will be held accountable well you know when you point a finger at me three are pointing back at you every one of us are gonna have to answer to God what have we done with our lives You know, it's over with so quick. I've been in the ministry about 40 minutes in the mind of God. When you look at it, a thousand years is one day, and one day with the Lord is a thousand years. 40 minutes. 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, what is your life? It is even a vapor. Goes by quick. Goes by quick. There's so many things that we pursue that have no eternal weight whatsoever. I believe that we need to live with an eternity mindset. Look back at Ephesians 3 7. Notice this again. Let's read it together. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's free grace, undeserved favor, which was bestowed on me by the exercise, the working and all of its effectiveness of his power. Paul was aware of the power of God flowing through him. And you will find, my friends, that when you... Serve in the house of the Lord you know it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to have billions of dollars and be backslidden I'd rather just greet at the door and go to heaven than have billions of dollars and go to hell how about you? It's better to be a doorkeeper. Where is that? Psalm 8410? Is that where it is? Let's look over there. Let's see if I'm right. I might not be. Psalm 8410. If it isn't, I get another pass. Two passes in one day is pretty good. Psalm 8410. Let's read it together. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. <laughs> I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell... <laughs> I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than to go backstage at a Rolling Stones concert and sing sympathy for the devil. I have no sympathy for the devil. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my Lord than to have a mansion in Beverly Hills with everything I ever wanted without Christ? Are you kidding me? How'd that work for Howard Hughes? How's that working for you? To have billions of dollars? And be afraid to touch a doorknob? Come on. Funny thing about some of these shows that they have. Funny thing about medical science, and I don't put medical science down and, and I believe this firmly in my heart, if people need medication, they should take medication, but they need to get help so they can get off medication. But you gotta be aware of labels, you know, the world will label you. Well, I have, ta da, ta da, ta da. I am a hoarder. No, you have a demon. And then, and then they, and then they give these little demons TV shows. Reality. You know. They give them little television shows. Hoarders. Come on now. Anyway, we're not supposed to get off on all that. (laughs) i'd rather be a doorkeeper i'd rather work in the nursery whatever god's graced me to do whatever he's called that's what i'd rather be that's what i'd rather do now the neat thing about it is is you can be a doctor you can be a lawyer you can be a barber you can be a warehouseman a candlestick maker or a baker And do your profession honorably before the Lord and make tons of money. Come on. But your life is sold out to Him. You're honoring Him with your time, your talents, and your treasures. And He just keeps pouring His grace and His favor on your life. Woo! Glory! I'm about to get happy up in here today. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. Notice with me in verse 10. Here notice you'll say, see again, As every man has received the gift. Every man. Say every man. every man. Even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace. Say it with me, good stewards stewards. of the manifold grace of God. The The Amplified there talks about spiritual talents and divine endowments. See, in the body of Christ, I don't think that we should become position-minded, should we? See, positions are not about prestige. Service to the Lord is basically a station of service. Well, what do you do? What are you? Well, I'm a prophet. I'm a prophetess. Are you really? Okay. Well, I'm impressed. Where do you go to church? Oh, I don't go to church. I'm charismatic. I bounce from church to church. Follow the bouncing charismatic. I have a word for you, though. Keep it to thyself, bro. Say <laughs> that with a smile on my face, lovingly. Well, what are you? Well, you know, what are you? Here's what I am: I am a Lord lover and a people helper. Let's try that on for size. I am a Lord lover and a people helper. Okay. Now, you want some more good news before we have communion? God's got an ordained place for you. He's got paths for you to walk in. He's got things for you to do and places for you to go. Let me summarize this. I want you to look at Genesis 22, verses 10 through 14 in closing. Say it with me. God's got an ordained place for me. Where I fit, where I I flourish, and God shines through me. Okay, real quickly now, how many of you know a guy by the name of Abraham? He had a son by the name of? Okay, we're going to talk about Isaac, not Ishmael. Ishmael is a work of the flesh, Isaac is a work of the spirit. Isaac's name was laughter. He was the apple of Abraham's eyes. And there came a day where God said, I want you to take your son, your only son, and I want you to offer him up to me. Wow. In verse 10, it says, And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, I'm right here. Twelve. And he said, Don't lay your hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld thy son, thy only son. God knew he was serious. Verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked. And behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place. Everyone say, the name name of that place. place. What was the name of that place? Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Now listen to this. It wasn't just that God... Was the provider. It was not just that his name. Was Jehovah Jireh. Actually the name of the place. Was Jehovah Jireh. He was Jehovah Jireh. When Abraham was in the right place. At the right time. Doing the right thing. This is the only time in the Bible. That Jehovah Jireh was used. Listen carefully. The provision Jehovah Jireh wasn't merely connected to a person but the provision was distinctly connected to a place listen carefully Abraham experienced God's provision because he was at the appointed place and in right position with God listen further when you and I are in our God-ordained place, serving faithfully by His grace, we will always experience God-ordained provision. Say it with me. When I'm in my place, place, I will have His provision. provision. So what, what, what this is saying to us today is this. Is our provision... And our place is connected. There's a much bigger picture here than we've seen in the past. We sing, Jehovah Jireh, my... We could do the Tulsa two-step. Da, 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 da. Back in the 70s and 80s, we did that. His grace is sufficient for me. You know, talking about, oh, God meets my needs. God meets my needs. Where do you go to church? I don't. I'm free. Hallelujah, but God meets my needs. Where do you serve in the church? Me serve. No, I'm a prophet. No, phooey. Or no, I'm too busy. Fooey You won't see provision like God wants to give you provision. If you're not in place. Here's a bigger picture here. Verse 17. When Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh was used, there was a much bigger picture involved. Verse 17 says, read it with me. Then in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of your enemies. Verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice there was supernatural provision because Abraham was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing dear friend you want to be in your place in this day and this hour don't wait for Pastor Tom to call you on the phone and say we need you to usher. Don't wait for Pastor Mark to call you on the phone and say, I need you in the nursery. And I've heard that over the years. I'm here to serve. Whatever you want me to do, I'll have you to do. Listen, we've got 20 plus teams in this church. All you got to do is get signed up yep. and roll your sleeves up and start serving. Amen? Amen? Amen. Was this okay today? Yes. Yes. May bless you. Bless you. Amen. You already received communion? Yeah. All right, let's do that.